Blog Talk Radio. And now, here's your host, William Powell, the king of DC media. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. Tonight, my guests are cast members from Fells Point Corner Theaters, 10-Minute Play, Extravaganza, 10 by 10 by 10, featuring works from Maryland area playwrights. If you'd like to see the show and you live in the Baltimore, D.C. area, you can find tickets at www.fpct.org or you can call them at 410-276-7837. And the theater is located at 251 South Ann Street in Baltimore, Maryland. So tonight we welcome four actors from the show, uh, Tom Erickson, David Shoemaker, Francis Kapitek, and Mia Robinson. So I see they are on the line. Let me go ahead and bring them on in. Good evening. Good evening, William. Hello. All right. Good evening. All right, all right. I just thank you all for coming on the show tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a fantastic show. Actually, a fantastic collection of shows. So uh, I'm going to plunge right in here with my first question about what attracted you to the show. So, Tom, we're going to start with you. All right. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I've missed you tonight. Not seeing all of you. I've missed you. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel a lot. I'm feeling a lot. Uh, what attracted me, honestly, William, there were two things. First of all, I saw the 10 by 10 by 10 last year and just was so impressed uh, with the performances and with the stories and and just being hit in the face with the fact these are these are local playwrights. What talented people we have living in and around uh, you know, the Baltimore area submitting for these kinds of things. So as an actor I knew I wanted to be a part of it. So that's why I auditioned. And secondly, it's just the variety you get as an actor. Um I, I wouldn't be surprised if my if my friends on the line agreed with this that you like trying different things and to get mm-hmm. to that over the course of one night to play, in my case, three different characters. Some some are involved in two shows, three shows. Mr. Shoemaker there gets a, a whole show to himself, and he kills it. By the way, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's the variety that you get to do it as an actor. You, you enjoy that sort of thing. Well, David, how about you? Oh, ten by ten by ten has always been. Uh, one of my absolute favorite productions. This is the fifth time uh, the Fells Point Corner Theater has done it. It started as a, it was the brainchild of a fellow named Mark Steckbeck, who was instrumental in getting all these cats to march in a parade. And it, it's uh, always, every year I've done it, and I've always said no matter where I am and what I'm doing, I want to be a part of it if I can. If there's a part for me, please. Um, because as Tom said, it's so much fun to to make that shift so quickly. The the tagline, uh, you know, in, in perpetuity will be, if you don't like this one, wait 10 minutes. Um, but uh, <laughs> every year we, we seem to attract such talented playwrights, and uh, this year was no exception. I think uh, to a piece we've got such 
uh, wonderful drama and such absurdity on the same stage and uh, to to have everybody cooperate the way we uh, we all have to in order to get the costumes changed and uh, all of the props and the set pieces moved on and off so quickly uh, it's it goes at breakneck speed and it's it's a joy every single year um, and I, I absolutely love doing rep uh, you know the the group in the dressing room. Uh, it, it's an odd experience because we don't get to bond with each other the way you would over a two-month rehearsal period with a full length. Yeah. We meet individually with, uh, you know, with with our directors because it's all all different directors as well. And then when Tech Week rolls around and we try to to make this an entire show instead of a, a series of individual experiences, we all get to to get to know each other. But it always amazes me how quickly we bond, how quickly we have to bond because we get a, a group of such dedicated, loving people who are also so smart and talented and funny and you can't help but adore every minute of it. Absolutely. Wow, wow. So, uh, Francis, uh, how about you? What attracted you to the show? Well, I'll be honest, uh, a lot of the people behind it have uh, some of the biggest hearts I've ever met, so I've got to say the people. Wow. Wow. That's that's great. That's great. Mia, how about you? I would just really have to echo the sentiments of my three castmates. I couldn't have said it better. It's absolutely the people, the process, um, the difference and the variation. That's great. That's great. So I'm going to move on to the next question here about uh, – there's so many characters, so many rich characters in these pieces. So, uh, uh, Tom, I guess I'll start with you. What was your favorite character to uh, play in this show? Oh, sure. Sure. Make me do that one first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can pick two. <laughs> well, see, because I, I'm in one with with Mia, so so I, I should definitely answer that it's in with her, you don't right? Have to. No. Otherwise, no. heaven knows what's going to happen on stage Thursday night when we when we get back together. Um, well, so all kidding aside, and this may sound like a little bit of a cop out response, but there are there are pieces of every character that are so delightful. For example, in in one of the pieces, I portray Hades. Now, David also portrays a character that in one of his pieces that could easily be thought of as, uh, you know, Beelzebub, Prince of Darkness. Francis, he could run off that list. But (laughs) so here you have two actors portraying, let's just say, you know, the same entity, but wildly different interpretations based on Mm. the story, based on the actor, based on what the playwright is giving you, based on the director. And conveniently enough in this production, those two shows are are back-to-back, Dog Years and Closing the Door. So I hope the audience gets a little bit of a giggle and maybe a little little bit of a, oh, that was was cool to see the, you know, to see, uh, you know, Satan step forward in two very, very different ways. Um, And, yeah, I... I just enjoy being up there. There are there are parts of of all the characters. I just go out there and it's like, oh, I get to do this, and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm so happy that that I get to do this. 
That's my answer well for you. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. Okay, David, we're going to go to you. Um, I have to echo Tom. I, I think I'd be hard-pressed to pick a favorite. I I, I get to play the narrator in, uh, you know, Mia's tour de force, uh, Dyke Tracy, and that's, you know, I bookend the show just introducing it. But I have such a fun time simply raising my eyebrow at the very beginning and at the very end, which, you know, at the end nice, is punctuated nice. by a, a marvelous and absurd noise that Francis makes backstage that's different every single night at my request. And I'm very grateful <laughs> that he keeps me on my toes like that. And and then, again, to get to play this this Satan character in the script, he's called The Stranger, but he's, he's very clearly otherworldly. Um yeah, but this echoes what I was saying at the very beginning, which is uh, that the variety is so charming. I love playing the stranger, but then to to get to come on after closing the door and play Hal, and there's not a breath of the supernatural in that. It's it's simply an addict talking about what it's like to be an addict, which yeah, is yeah, that was that was awesome. Uh, it's it's lovely to do because it's it's not only uh, you know side splittingly funny, but it's it's also wrenching. And uh, Alice Stanley uh, has done such a marvelous job of of telling the truth, which is really the fun part of playing any character, even something as otherworldly as The Stranger. And Peter Davis has written such a funny, smart, and still touching script for Dog Years. So to get to come on and play this sort of combination of Jeff Bridges and, and Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, you know, and then to go on as, uh, as just a guy from Baltimore in attic named Hal. Um I I I I I wouldn't be able to pick a favorite for one thing, I don't want to make the other characters jealous. <laughs> <My answer. laughs> yeah, well uh yeah, the stranger was very East Woodingan. That that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, Francis, how about you? All right, man. I, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna make some of my characters jealous. I'm gonna pick one. Do it. I, uh, Francis. R- yes. Is it Freda? <laughs> uh well, we gotta <laughs> we gotta bring her up because I, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I, I'm playing other people throughout the course of this show, but I think uh, Freda's the key that unlocks the door. I think uh, there's a there's a very confused man behind this woman, but I think uh, this woman that he's created is uh, his swan song. So in the at the end of the day, uh, you know, the script tells us that uh, his Marilyn Monroe is is a is a poor is a poor creation, but to him, it's all he's got left. So I think um, at, mm. at 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 the end of the day, I gotta um, I gotta I gotta pay homage to. Uh, the woman behind the man that uh, is behind the woman. Uh, and I think that uh, Freda is, uh, is, uh, is my hero who, uh, who, who lets me be me uh, as full as I can be when I'm uh, in, in, in heels and, and in a dress that I, I can't quite say uh, I would find myself in any other night than uh, with Dyke Tracy. Mm-hmm. All right. Mia, how about you? So I'm in two of the productions, and I won't say that I have a favorite, but I will say that the most challenging for me was like Tracy. Um, one, I was a lead. Two, I am 
having to speak at a very fast pace, and I am very much used to <laughs> uh, delivered enunciation of my words, um, and having to keep the pace for everyone else in that role. But it was it was fun. It was something that I had asked for, meaning I wanted to play something that would stretch me and be outside of um, what I would consider to be quote unquote a normal role. So. Um, yeah, hey, Tracy. Yeah, yeah, that was. I, I really enjoyed that one. It hit uh, very, uh, very nourish, very comedic. <laughs> hmm. All right, all right. So I know that people voted on the top shows. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna really put y'all on the spot tonight. So what show besides your own would you vote? Number one and number two. So, Tom, I'm going to go back to you. Oh, all right. Well, um, understanding that that none of us have seen it, well, correct me if I'm wrong, folks, none of us have seen the absolute polished, finished product of all the other shows, given that we could sit out in the audience during Tech Week as we were still piecing these together. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, but, you know, the only one that I could – uh, personally, watch all of would be uh, dog years because I'm in the back of the house in in places getting ready for the next show, which is closing the door. Now I could watch dog years, at, you know, ad in, ad nauseum. Ad in, and I'm trying to compliment you guys. I could watch it over and over again, and I will <laughs> um, <laughs> because of the because of the performances that Francis and David put in. Um, and just how well it is written. Uh, so that's that's going to have to be my number one because I've I've seen that just as I said polished. Um, gosh, I don't. So I don't know how I would pick number two. I mean, uh, you know, Shoemaker knows that I love being on stage with him. I've been able to do that. What are we four times now? I think over just the last couple of years. Oh yeah. Um, um, but uh, I I wish I could watch Attic Named Hal because I also know that Alice Stanley, whom I adore, uh, has written another brilliant piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they are just so skilled at, at what they do when it comes to anything theatrical uh, that that would be one that I would call number two simply because I really want to see that show. <laughs> I really do uh, in its entirety, but I won't get to. Um, mm. So yeah, not being able to act, you know actually get out there, I you know, couldn't give a fair judgment. But uh, I'm sure enjoying what I am able to see, and uh, I'd like to think the audience is as well. David, how about hmm. you? Well, it's it's a lot easier to talk about uh, favorite ones that I'm not in. I uh, again have just loved watching all of these things blossom. Um, one of the really charming uh, things that's happened for me is a, a good friend of mine whom I've known for quite a while now, Crystal Sewell. Um, I've known her as a stage manager for years. She's wonderfully adept at, at, at getting everything to run smoothly behind the scenes, basically making all of us look really good. Um, but she hasn't been on stage in uh, ages and finally decided she was going to come and try out, and she got cast in not one but two um, 
and uh, she's in Meridian Trench with uh, with Francis, who also has a wonderful turn. Uh, it, it was neat to talk to her during the rehearsal process uh, because they they were calling it the dirt play. Um, <laughs> Crystal gets to, to eat dirt in this uh, in this show, and uh, when I first began watching it during the rehearsal process, I found it confusing, but the more I listened, the more fascinated I got because um it's it's clearly two fairly unhinged people who may very well be uh touched by the supernatural or may very well just be crazy um <laughs> but, but in the middle of that there's this this charming truth that both uh Francis and Crystal bring to their performances um so that you're you're left wondering is this a magical experience or are these two people in a public park in Baltimore simply trying to make the best of their uh, destitute and lonely situation sort of, and it ends up being a, a play about two people who are very lonely, very isolated, trying their best to connect with one another. Uh, and, and that I always find charming because I think there's a, a little bit that anybody can uh, can use in there, can, can relate to their own story. And uh, the other one that I end up liking very much is uh, um, Making Time uh, that I get to hear, uh, again, a bit of because it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, um, right after uh, Hal. Um, that I have, I have a lot of fun doing, um, but Hal is a is a rough piece, so it's it, it, it it's hard to decompress after you do something like that. But it's very easy to decompress when the, the first thing you hear afterwards is such an impressive <laughs> string of expletives. <laughs> And uh, that's the first thing that happens is Steve Baroga starts yelling this you know, uh, a bunch of stuff I probably shouldn't say on the radio. And that, right. too, becomes about two people in a public place just trying to reach out and connect with one another over uh, an unpleasant situation. I, my good friend Mark Scharf has written that one. Uh, it's called Making Time, and it's... It's lovely, and it's got that Mark Sharp flair for the uh, linguistically dramatic. So I'd have to say uh, one with, again, not a breath of the supernatural, and and one that may very well exist in an entirely different universe, but that both end up being about almost the same thing. Well said, well said. How about you, Francis? Wow. uh, I'm going through this list, and I'm... uh, I'm I'm so uh okay so I got to go with uh I got to go with hologram because it uh it sneaks up on you man it's like one of those pieces where uh you think that uh, you're in the future and that things are things are uh, are creeping up on you a little bit and 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 you realize that this isn't the world that uh that you want to be in but it it's so it's so delightfully chilling that I uh, I can't resist to choose. I think Betsy does such an incredible job mm. portraying this uh, this this uh, this. I guess that's the beautiful thing about it is like how do you quantify this this soul that you see? Um, that you know this question of um, artificial intelligence and uh, in this day and age how we uh, construct consciousness and. Uh, I think it, it tackles a lot of questions and, and really um, blatantly makes you deal with the discomfort of um, 
the idea of 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 human error uh, compared to uh, a technological glitch. I think that this very specific comparison is a uh, is um, without giving too much weight quite a quite a powerful lift for the show. And I think uh, we we uh, we decorate this piece in a way. Uh, I was talking to Betsy about it that uh, it, it's like the perfect amount of um, it's like too close for comfort, but you you it's not too out of reach. You know what I mean? Like we we could do. We could accomplish these things. I think uh, Utkar, uh, her, um, Utkarsh Rajawad is uh, is onto something here, and I think that the the material is so compelling that uh, you you can't help but watch uh, this this figment. This this uh, this this it's a very, it's a very spiritual experience for me. Wow! Well um, put. Well and, put. And. I gotta, I gotta throw my, I gotta throw my man out there for number two. I think, uh, I think Alice Stanley's act named How. I think David uh, um, and her together uh, really, uh, it's a one-two punch. You, you can't miss. It's uh, a lot of material that I connect with uh, uh, very, very specifically. But it's also mm-hmm. a, a real treat to see um, such, such a specific story told in such a succinct and effective way and seeing David uh, um, unravel a bit is, is quite a, is quite a joy that I, I, I'm happy I, I've got to visualize my, and, and be a part of, uh, David, you, uh, you really knock it out of the park on that one, man. Thank you. Oh, yeah, you sure did. You sure did. Mia, how about you? Man, you guys are so deep. Um, (laughs) I would have to say, for me, um, hologram, and addicts named how um just for for all the reasons you know for all of the above and just in being able products um addicts named how um i i like francis has um a personal connection with um that story that was touching and um i was also just always very engaged whenever i saw a hologram i just think about um, the time that we are in with technology and its advances and um, how, you know, things aren't always as they appear. And um, I just I just was always drawn into those two pieces. Excellent, excellent, yeah. And I actually had my, my picks. I uh, actually like the attic name Hal is number one. Making Time, I think, uh, was a strong too. I mean, they were all awesome, but Making Time was, was yeah. really strong too. And mm-hmm. Dog Years, I mean, those are the three that really, really stood out for me. Awesome. Yep. All right. So let's talk about the rehearsal process. So typically, you have, and I think David mentioned earlier, you have like, you know, a couple, couple months, uh, about six weeks at the minimum for. Uh, most stage shows, but in this one you have you know like these ten minute shows. So Tom, I'm going to start with you. So talk about your rehearsal process for such a short show. Um, well, in some ways it's it's very similar. I mean, you you sit down, you know, the cast, the director, the director speaks, you know, about what what they're they're thinking about with the story. Everyone shares, you know their interpretations, their thoughts, and their feelings. 
Um, and and you begin to work on you know character and motivations and timing and of course the blocking and so forth. Some directors might be very specific with where they want you and when they want you there, and others are just uh, you know well let's let's see what you're feeling, let's see where your natural instincts take you, uh, and, and that's another thing you know as an as an actor i i always enjoy is what is the different process uh that the director will lead you through um mm. it can be very very interesting it can be very very satisfying it can be very very frustrating uh you know any and all of the above uh so the you know the the rehearsals for these shows i mean yes they're only 10 minute shows but it's they are still shows and i hope that that you know, I hope that that's something when people are considering, gosh, you know, do I want to do this or do I want to, you know, go sit at a bar and, and you know, just buy, buy Natty Bows. Um, <laughs> is, these, these, are, <laughs> these are 10 sh- shows. They are full, enriching, uh, emotion-filled performances. Um, the fact that they're only 10 minutes long does not – diminish them, nor did it diminish our process in getting to them uh, in any way. Um, now, the I think the advantage maybe of 10 minutes is that you got to run them, a whole, you know, front to back a whole lot sooner than you would, you know, a 90-minute or a, you know, two-hour, 30-minute musical extravaganza sort of thing. Um, uh, you know, so that, that could be helpful in a lot of ways. Um, but still, the process had a great many similarities to it would in, you know, in any other production. Hmm. Okay, David, how about you? Uh, this rehearsal process, I, you know, I alluded to it before, uh, you know, in talking about what attracted me to uh, the project in the first place. Um, uh, but as Tom was saying, it's fun to work with different directors. This rehearsal process was. Uh, unique uh for me in my experience because both shows uh i um i happen to be doing right now i mean i'm in dyke tracy but it it really was uh i think it was uh the week it was during tech week that justin who was directing dyke tracy said hey can you be the narrator yeah there's two lines if you can just come in and wear something nice um, so that wasn't really a rehearsal period so much as somebody handed me two sentences and said, memorize them. And I said, okay. Um, but Dog Years is written by Peter Davis and directed by Peter Davis. And uh, Attic Game Halves, written by Alice Stanley and directed by Alice Stanley. I have uh, you know the, the unique and wonderful position of uh, having the playwright in the room the entire time. So the... Uh, um, the process has been fascinating because any time I needed to turn to uh, the, the person who wrote the script, there they were. Um, Peter is uh, obviously has a very different style and attitude than than Alice does, and uh, he 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 made a, a sort of a kitchen sink production out of it. We want to throw a big picnic table in there, and we'll have a couple of bottles of booze and a stove and a toolkit, and we're gonna have you roll a joint or a cigarette and we're going to, he, and uh, it, it, he, he was just very high energy. Um, mm. And that, that's a lot of fun uh, to, to work with because it, it gives you energy. You know, if you've been in the room with someone who's, who's uh, that vivacious, you can't help but uh, allow it to infect your own spirit. And then you bring that to the production. 
and uh, the um, the opposite was true with uh, addict named Hal. I, I, Alice has written something so personal and so touching and and so visceral, um, and it it wouldn't have made sense to rehearse that over and over and over again. We had only five or six times that we met before we actually ended up putting this all together for Tech Week. Um, but each time we met, uh, we would do uh, what the assistant director, uh, Matt Payne, who you know I, I got to meet on this production and who's been wonderful uh, and instrumental, he suggested we do uh, uh, what's, what are called etudes, uh, where you take stories uh, to which the piece refers without actually completely describing and flesh them out or act them out improvise on them and that way when it comes time to tell the story do the monologue about it game how you have uh, specific actual you know experiential memory of the things you're, uh, you know about which you're talking as as opposed to having to conjure them so megan stanton who's in um several of these plays was kind enough to help out and uh matt payne the ad uh was also kind enough to help out um and uh, uh, that is, is something that I, I never got to do before and was actually very, very helpful um, and uh, and crafted the character in, in a way that I, I hadn't had a chance to enjoy yet. So, again, two very different uh, directing styles, but both of them wonderful to work with, and it was a great opportunity to work with the playwrights in question on both of the larger pieces I'm doing. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, Francis, how about you? Excellent. Um, I would have to say that this was uh, unlike any experience I've ever been a part of. This uh, mm-hmm. this was a saga. This really was. Um, in a lot of ways, I feel like I have um, I, I've focused this re- relation, my rehearsal process as uh, I see it in two rounds. I see uh, being given the words for uh, all three of these characters and really sitting with them and like uh, weaving them together and really trying to pull out these these three very separate entities within myself that I knew uh, I, I had such a confidence going into it. Um, a lot of discussions with Justin Lawson I said about um, who I who I and what I bring to the table and in, in, in certain aspects of myself that I've never been able to access. So, you know, working with Justin on Dyke Tracy was uh was it just a trust game? It was like uh, he just we had such a past where he knew that the choices I was going to bring to the table were only going to um, want to serve the greater picture, and we had such a um, uh, it was an effortless relationship to to try to navigate where to go. We knew we knew uh, that our our sense of humor was in the same place. We knew that our target was um, you know to keep evolving and to um, to find the to find a freighter that was honest and um, something that drove uh, the story and, and, and very much on Meridian Trench with Rufus Drawings words, you know, such extravagant language, such really intricate, specific um, voice work that uh, you just cannot find anywhere else. And this, this man has, uh, has such a contagious energy. Um, meeting him at first rehearsal was, was a gift because uh, he he explained to me that the inspiration for Boone Shuckle Trim was Jack Nicholson in uh, Batman in the museum when he's uh, he's he's uh, yeah. he's re- redecorating, <laughs> um, uh, right? You know, you know, and and to be led into his process as far as uh, how he constructed this character, you know, like with this he's, he he gave me the candy in the ball, you know what I mean? He gave me the he gave me uh, all the meat. He didn't hold back on. Uh, 
giving me any uh, any meat I could sink my teeth into. And uh, got to mention Peter Davis again, you know, very rare to be working with someone who wrote the piece, who's directing the piece, who is willing to make changes to give life mm-hmm. to a story that is 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 changing. It is. It, you know, he, he, he looked at David and I in the eyes, and you could tell um, through this man's uh, contagiously intense energy is uh, that he just wanted to bring um, David and I to life through his words. And uh, it was such a, such a pleasure because uh, every day we felt like we were navigating through something that um, to me feels like, uh, like a song. Uh, the the, mm. the dog ears to me is a, is a, is romantic in a way because it's like, the, it's kind of a, it's kind of a dream role to, to play yeah. this, uh, this uh, this young man at the end of his rope, really uh, at, at the yeah. highest at stakes that you can find, and uh, really forced to confront um, a deity because there's there's just been a series of things that have happened that I cannot I have I have entrapped myself, um, and this this feeling is uh, so uh, cathartic to go through on stage. I really uh, it's. It's so it's such a blessing to be able to do it um, every night because uh, Peter's Peter's assuaging and and his his confidence boosting was such a um, such a huge tool as far as navigating you know staying in the moment and really not getting ahead of myself and and uh, you know the kind of des- the quiet desperation you need to pray you know like I myself uh, I struggle with this idea a lot and, and to be able to 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 intertwine it into uh, something that I really uh, feel passionately about in, in, in a time of my life that I feel like I can access this part of myself and not feel afraid to, to really to really go there, to really um, to really open up that bag of tricks and, and say, you know, like what what uh what is, what is what is me at the end and uh, and like what am I willing to do to save the life that I think is more important than mine and. Uh, being an only child is uh, is its own tale, but to to have a brother is uh, is a treasure you can't quite express. So uh, I'm I'm very fortunate to to be able to weave together three very intricate souls that I wouldn't have found otherwise, and I'm uh, I'm nothing but grateful. Mm. Wow, wow, Mia, how about you? So the rehearsal process um, for me was. Um, I mean, it was nothing but family on Rising Rising, and then I got to work with uh, Justin uh, Lawson Isaac on Doug Tracy, two very different directors, um, two very different experiences. um, For for both um, have been um, great experiences for me, growth, um, and just understanding, you know, each of their genius and and what they wanted, um, and just being a part of bringing um, that vision, of course, along with the writers um, to life is everything from A to Z about that process is, is love. Um, again, like I said, the people, um, the energy, um, it was just, um, it, it's addictive. So um, that whole process, um, just if I could do it over and over and over again, I definitely, definitely would. Wow, fantastic, fantastic. So, Tom, I'm going to go back to you and talk about some of the acting methods and theories that you subscribe to. I mean, you know, in your training, 
How would you describe your technique? I make it up as I go along. <laughs> <laughs> wow, good answer. I, I, I'm, I love I'm you, very, Tom. My turn to talk. I love you. Yeah, I, <laughs> so, oh, that, that was, I highlighted that line. I should talk now. Um, <laughs> I think for me, the best teacher, here comes a great big cliche, has been experience. Um, mm. Being, uh, you know, I've being the, the elder of the cast, I think, um, I've been fortunate to, I mean, you know, we could go back to the beginning. I started my first stage play when I was six years old. And <laughs> yes, I do, rem- I do remember my one line from that. Um, <laughs> but every, every show that I've done, I, I try to soak in what I can. I try to, you know, maintain um, you know, some some memory, something that I can carry forward to benefit the next production. Um, you know, to be a listener on stage, um, you know, if you want to talk about a specific technique, um, it, you know, I've, I really try to keep my focus and pay attention to what others are saying, what they're doing, and that sounds so simple and so basic, but sadly, you can tell when that's not happening. Mm. Uh, in my in my opinion and and a show or a story because that's what we're doing is telling stories you know a story may suffer for that um so i'm learning as much really about my character um a lot of the times by by those around me and the situations around me um so aside from just the memorization of lines and yes, now, now I'll move from there to here. Um, I mean, I've, you know, I've taken a class here and there. Um, you know, I'll toss out Bruce Nelson's name, uh, the resident company over there at every man, uh, whom I adore. I would watch any performance he does. So yes, I'm a big Absolutely. fan of his and I've, and I've been fortunate to, to take a couple of classes from him and, um, you know, just paying attention to to what others are doing on stage uh, helps to, I guess, mold me as a, as an actor and storyteller. Um, I I absolutely uh, I am high maintenance when it comes to needing a director, um, which doesn't mean <laughs> I couldn't be just tossed. I, thank you, Mia. Thank you for laughing. <laughs> As she reflects upon our rehearsal process together, um, but I do. I I count on that director um, to uh, you know to to help me in in the storytelling, um, and we'll trust them implicitly until there's a reason not to. Um, so that's how it works for me. I you know I didn't graduate with a degree in theater. I haven't studied Stanislavski. Um, couldn't talk to you about method to save my life, um, but I just keep going out there and uh, hope that the story I'm telling the audience feels is uh, you know is worth seeing. And they keep casting me so far, so I guess I'm doing a little bit right anyway. I, I don't know. Yeah, you're doing something right. <laughs> well, yeah. Experience can be a well, good well, teacher. Uh, yes, that's it has been for me. Good, good. How about you, David? Uh, what was the question? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> mm. 
Acting what like me. Um, Where'd you get your moves, man? That's he wants to know moves. where you got your. Uh, I don't, yeah, man, I don't, I don't have, have any moves. I, I mean, because David, I, 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 I got a, I got a shout out. I got a shout out, David, because uh, you know, in doing these reviews, I, I think I must have seen you in about at least five, six shows the past year, and I believe even going back to, I believe you Street the musical too. That's going back about a good year. So you know, really talk about you know how did you, I mean you know. What's some of the methods? What's some of the techniques? I mean, you know, developing stage presence, the whole thing. I mean, I mean, what's your secret, man? Oh, come on, oh, David. No. You're, you're, so, <laughs> you're so adequate on stage, man. How do you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm for adequate. Like David That's, Shoemaker, he's adequate. I I do. That's <laughs> what I strive for is is uh, competency. Uh, <laughs> secret. There, competency. Help. I think probably the, the the only way I can answer that is to to keep reminding myself that there there aren't any secrets. To, like if I start thinking I know how to do this, that's when I'm in trouble. Um, right, exactly. But I I I'd, I'd have to say um, the same really. The the Tom sites is, is true for me. I've taken several classes. I've had teachers that I've loved. Um, but I don't have a, a degree in theater. I I would have to uh, ultimately, and the, you know, this is the cheesy thing that people say, but give credit to my parents. I was born in a theatrical household. My parents are are English teachers, were English teachers. They're mercifully retired now, and they're much more relaxed. Stressful <laughs> um, <laughs> job. Um, but they, they right. met on stage. My my grandfather directed them both. Dad likes to say she saw me from afar, but they... I was uh-huh. raised in in theaters, and 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 because they're also English teachers, I was raised with books. Um, right. And and because of that, uh, I, I think the the guiding principle in my life, and you know, on stage and off, has been a faith in the power of storytelling. Um, and and because of that, uh, the the only real secret is to to make sure I'm telling the truth. Okay, and that that becomes difficult if I'm I'm dealing with a character that's very close to myself, who has qualities similar to ones in myself that perhaps I'm embarrassed by, or or ashamed of, or afraid of. I don't like to get angry. I like to stay calm. So if if a role calls for a great deal of anger, that's that's difficult for me. It's a painful place to go, but the theater is a safe place to do that. And uh, I, I was fortunate enough to attend um, the, the Bad Oracle's award ceremony last night. And the Bad Oracle herself gave a wonderful speech about how there's a lot of fear of the arts these days. Uh, and and, and it, she put it uh, much better than I could in paraphrasing. But I think what I got out of it and what I've been thinking a lot lately is, is that ultimately it's about telling the truth. Um, and in so doing, allowing the audience to... Uh, relate whatever story we're telling to their own, but in a, a safe space emotionally. And the only way to do that is is to get myself out of the way. And, and again, a director is essential there. If if I just read the script and then get up and do it the way I hear it and don't listen to anybody, then uh, then I'm in trouble. And and then it is a bit about ego. But I think the best acting advice I ever read was Jimmy Cagney who said quite simply, find your mark, look the other fellow in the eye, and tell the truth. 
if, if I try to do anything more complicated than that, I'm overthinking it, and the audience can tell. So, good answer. <laughs> that's the compass there. Excellent, excellent. Okay, uh, Francis, how about you? Put me in, coach. Oh man, this is uh, this is really <laughs> thrilling. Uh, <laughs> You know, no, because it's uh, these are these are these are great questions because I, you know, you 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 go into work and you do your best, but you gotta um, you gotta reiterate it to yourself. I mean, this is really helping me out a lot as a as a performer because there are times when I don't want to um, embellish any more than I think is necessary. But I think there's a difference when you're uh, you're just trying to do good work. You know, at the end of the day, you wanna. Um, you want to jump out like that dude who jumped out in that movie that you saw when you were a kid hit you in that way that just made you want to jump up and do what he did. And I think, um, you know, the conversation is always for me, like what, what I just did uh, compared to what I want to do. And so I'm coming from a, a background of um, of a lot of no theater, uh, a mentor, Naoko Mashiba, who I met when I was at Towson University, really took me under her wing and I really mean that because I believe she can fly. Uh, she, uh, she really, uh, gave me a, a shot at something that, uh, I don't think, uh, in any other time or place, you know, down to the millisecond would had I have gotten had we not met, uh, right when we did. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of circumstances that, uh, you know, feeds itself. It's like, uh, my, my choices in, in Meridian Trench, uh, which I'm thinking about now because I'm thinking about, uh, Ben Kleemeyer, who directed that uh, Rufus Drawings play, uh, he, he gave me this note that I'll never forget. He said, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, this we're, we're dealing with a, a real a, a real sick, real sicko here. It's like this out-of-time trickster who can, who has un, unreasonably convincing powers to um, affect your mind. And, and, and whatever way that that hits you, it's like the way I've been working at it is that he he believes it so strongly, you believe it, you know, that it's like the contagiousness of belief. It's uh, you, uh, you see someone say something, and they could be telling you that they're lying, but it's like you just want to eat up the confidence that they have to still say it anyway. And it's like this, uh, this like indescribable um, uh, fission that happens when you're, when you're watching someone and they know you're watching, that you're watching them and they still do these incredibly harrowingly intimate things that, uh, you know, it would seem impossible to do. Like, scientifically, you should not be able to go to these places. But I, I feel like, okay, back, sorry, I'm getting out of, uh, getting out of line here. Uh, ben, Ben's note was, it's not what he's saying, it's that he's saying it. And it's like, huh. if, I really, uh, if I really delve into, like, what that means for me as a performer is that, you, you know, there are gaps in, in how we try, you know, acting is is so dependent upon you and what is in your heart that you, every day we change so much, but like in some connection of dots, um, I'll give something and the dream is that someone will take that and make it something for themselves and that, you know, we keep recycling these feelings in a, in a bigger and better way uh, with 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 stories that seem different, but at the heart of it are all telling the same tale, you know, to, mm. to each other. And, and to be able to talk to yourself, uh, uh, through, uh, this, 
this medium, you know, to, to be able to stand in a room with other people and, and to really uh to really go for it is is such a it's such a rare bird. You know, you, you can't you can't quite um promise that you're gonna get anything out of it until you're right there in the heat of the moment and I'm uh I'm all for for the idea that we're all sharing ideas together and that there's no uh there's no cutoff. There's no there's no okay, we can't go here. It's like theater, like David said, is the is the place where we are safest to do things that we would feel um to be too dangerous in the real world and, and it's a place to explore why uh why we don't see and hear a lot of things that we that we all think and feel. And so I, I'm uh, I'm an advocate for uh, for revealing maybe a little too much about myself, but at the end of the day, I think uh, the cause is um, to to bind to bind us together and, and to say, hey, I I think uh, I think you and me are are the same, and I I don't think we should be afraid to to explore why and how, you know. Exactly. Wow. Okay, Mia, how about you? So I'm definitely the new kid on the block. I am not theatrically <laughs> trained. Um, I I definitely have always had an interest in theater. And, you know, like David, my family has been very instrumental in a lot of that. Um, I come from a family of um, readers and musicians. And... Um, Theater has always been something that has just always been fascinating to me. Um, when I sit and think about how I watch movies, um, I am damn near spellbound. And so I made a conscious decision to do this for myself, to explore whatever talent that I have and, and give it to this medium. And um, I just basically use life experience. Um, I listen. I watch. Um, I am a very, what is the word, always tell me, um, animated. I'm a very animated person, naturally. Um, and so I just use those things that are germane to me and, and, put, them, and put them into the work that I'm, that I'm doing. Um, how that comes across, um, I hope that it comes across that I'm, doing good work because I definitely want to do good work. I want to, you know, bring the writer's vision to life. I want the director to be fulfilled in, in what they have set forth in motion um, from from whatever piece it is that, that we work. Um, so that that is me. Excellent, excellent. Okay, folks, well, we're coming down to about seven minutes left, so uh, quickly – Give me your elevator speech about why people should see the show and talk about how fans can keep up with you. So, uh, Tom, we'll start with you. Uh, well, as far as keeping up with me, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Facebook. Um, I haven't had my first Facebook vacation yet. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I stick with, I probably log on to Facebook 10, 20, 30 times a day and, you know, so judge me as you will. I'm on Facebook right now. No, I'm not. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, but I just gave you a like, David. Uh, so, 
so that, that's where you'll find me. Um, I, as far as the theaters where you'll find me, again, Baltimore, what a wonderful theater community that, that we have here. Um, you, can find, you can find so much. You can find so much, um, hopefully something for everyone. And 10 by 10 by 10 is, is that, too. Um, I just I applaud Charles Point Corner Theater for doing this year after year, for for the work that it takes. They received over 100, over 100 submissions for plays and had the process of bringing it to 10. So there, there's a lot of talented playwrights who didn't get it this year, but you'll see them again next year. Um, and I, I firmly believe that, that the 10 by 10 by 10 will have you feeling good about you wonder, you know, some wonderful people uh, in and around Baltimore in the artistic community, um, and, and we got to have that. That's my opinion. All right, David. Oh, I, I think I I will follow Tom's form and say that it while it's far less important to find out where uh, <laughs> where I am, finding me is easy on Facebook, and and for me it's mostly a, a marketing tool and a place to look at funny pictures of weird animals doing silly things. Um, but I I also whenever I'm in a show uh, have to use Facebook to promote it, and I'm usually in the Baltimore theater community, which I think is is a home to so many people. I know uh, plenty of marvelously talented people who aren't doing it uh, <laughs> for the, the money or the acclaim. This is a, a, an entirely volunteer-run, not-for-profit arts organization at the Fells Point Corner Theater, and that is true of so many other theaters around town, uh, the Audrey Herman Spotlighters Theater, the, the Vagabonds Theater, which is the oldest continuously operating little theater. <laughs> Everybody around is, is doing it uh, because yep. they love the art. And uh, I think this this project especially highlights how uh, how wonderful our community is in that it is so collaborative. As Tom said, 100 submissions, and that's, that's remarkable. Everyone wants to get their work on stage and tell a story, um, and and everybody uh, everybody involved in this project wants to help out. and And we don't get paid to do it; we do it because we love it. So I think, well, why should people come and see Ten by Ten? Because it is cheaper and more thought provoking and far more interesting than going to see the latest blockbuster. And uh, uh, you get to interact. <laughs> with actual yeah. human beings who are saying interesting things about important subjects. So come on out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're down to about four minutes. Uh, so, um, Francis, how about you? I would say the 10 by 10 by 10 at Fells Point Corner Theater is the pitch. It is the, it's, it's, it's live, man. It's, it's so overflowing with people's effort, dedication, and understanding of the craft that you you uh, you have to give it a shot because if you don't leave this thing feeling invigorated by um, this town and what it has to offer and the people behind the scenes who are just constantly grinding to get you know uh, someone's thoughts off the ground and and give giving other people their their stage, you know, it's all, 
it's all about uh, the here and now and like how these stories hit us in the moment. And, and we, uh, working with this crew has been so um, refreshing for me in a really uh, important time in my life. And I, I am, I am nothing but um, completely sincere when I say uh, that, we're giving you we give, we're giving you all we got and uh, you know the, the reasons are are pure and uh, you 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 be the judge at the end of the day but we we know uh, we know that this is the this is the jump off and you got you got to be there mm. excellent excellent so we're down to about two minutes so uh, last but not least Mia I will make it very short and sweet the South Point Corner Theater is a gem in and of itself. And you should come to the 10 by 10 by 10 because it's live theater, man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> right on. Nice, nice. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, thanks again, everybody. This was a just a beautiful interview. I learned a lot tonight, uh, and I just want you guys to break legs for the rest of the run. Thank, well, thank you, you very much, much thank sir. Thank you so much for having us, William. Fantastic. Okay, y'all have a great night. You do the same. Have a great night. Miss you guys until Thursday. See you all soon. Again. Oh, Mia, right. Mia, you too, honey. All right, bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. All right. All right, folks out there in Radio Land, remember to do something for your career every day and break a leg. Good night. Looking for a show to see this weekend? Look no further than DC Metro Theater Arts. They've got reviews, Q&As with actors, and much, much more. Visit dcmetrotheaterarts.com. That's dcmetrotheaterarts.com. Under the dark you pacify me. Hold my breath Take me down, I won't fight Beat of my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes the sound no one can find out 